1: is Adam Hires. Welcome to the show, Adam. Thank you for having me on. Taking a leap of faith, Adam Hires joined the mortgage loan industry in 2016. His desire to succeed has allowed him to become a top 1% income earner and loan originator in the U.S. Adam uses his Mortgage Talks platform to better educate individuals on the steps they should take to achieve their goals. Adam, welcome to the show. Look forward to hearing a little more about your story. I'm mean, coming part of the top one percent and almost anything is not easy right forward hearing about that you know let's hear about how you got there and you know even your mortgage talk platforms how you're helping other people achieve those goals also
0: yeah again thanks for having me on you know got into this game about five years ago you know just didn't know how it was going to turn out (laughs) all the way i I felt like i was going to, to be successful and so i just started studying and and uh by the 3rd month in I was doing really well. 6 month in I was speaking at a conference, a regional conference in front of hundreds of loan officers. How I was growing so rapidly, but it goes back to serving and having that servant mentality and just always trying to to grow and and be better. You know, I think the when I study or when I listen to other top performers, it's they all have the same commonalities. That nothing's ever good enough, and there's always growth opportunities. And there's still always growth opportunities now. And that's why I went from Kentucky, where I actually was living for 20 years, and three months ago came to Georgia and said, Hey, I'm going to do 150 loans in a new state with no contacts. And so I'm actually chronicling that journey because you, you know, other people can do the same things. And, you know, you just have to lay the foundations, you have to make the connections, and things work out. So uh, through my mortgage talks, I always try to chronicle that, bring on great guests that are of great mindsets. And that's where it starts is the mindset, right? I mean, you know that without the mindset, that's the foundation that everything is built on. And if you don't have that concrete, good foundation going, then everything else is going to crumble. So, yeah, I mean, that's where it starts for me on my podcast there's so much of that the mindset going on, what's going on in your business, what's the stories we're telling ourselves. I've noticed when I'm coaching people, there's always, you know, people have a lot of stories, but there's always themes to the stories and you have to go to the theme of the story with others and the theme within yourself of what's going on, what's making you excel and what's holding you back. So just always sharing that platform to others to to say, you can do the same things.
1: Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, when I started just trying to become an entrepreneur and, you know, I thought I knew what I needed to know about mindset, right? Especially if you're military and law enforcement, you know, and then I'd be sitting at a conference and they'd start talking about mindset and things like that. And that's when I would go to the back of the room thinking, ah, you know, but I couldn't have been more wrong could not have been more wrong, just the importance of the mindset, you know, and like you said, it is foundation in the very beginning. But I wanted to dive in a little bit on, you know, you mentioned like three months in, you're doing really well. Six months in, you know, you've been invited or asked to speak at a conference, you know, and sharing about your success or, you know, share some things that helped you to even do that well in three months. And then even to get to that point in six months, what were some key things that we can apply to our business that, that you applied to yours?
0: Well, the first thing you know I had to look at was, am I as good in sales as what I thought I was? that was that was number one. I was running Ashley Furniture before that and you know I was teaching salespeople and coaching and so that's a lot of mentorship there. But am I as good as what I think I am? And that was the number one thing that I had to look at on sales. So I had to look at my dialogue, had to look at how I was going to approach people. And then really, you know, who was I going to approach? Who was I going to call on? Because if you don't have a list, it's kind of hard to really grow your business. If you don't have a list, if you're not, don't know your target audience, you don't know where you're going to get those deals from. So, you know, obviously for me, I knew that, you know, real estate agents were a great you know, source for that because they're a multiplier and they, you know, you could partner with them. But, you know, what is my value going to be to them? Well, how am I going to talk to them? Who do I need to call of those? So for me, it was just the number one thing was, is my, my dialogue there is my mindset as far as how I'm serving people there and, you know, what's my value. And then again, what's the, where's, where am I pull this list from? Who am I going to call? And so when I kind of dived into that, that was huge. And so when I went to the conference, they told me, get up and speak. And people were struggling, been in the mortgage industry for years, not really growing their business. And so they would call me and say, Hey, what's going on? How are you doing this? And they said, I'm sitting down with real estate agents. And I said, okay, cool. Well, tell me about your conversation. And so at the, the company I was with, they had these big slogans, right? These a lot of Kool-Aid being drank <laughs> of how they've operated their procedures and all that. Well, what I noticed is one after another of the salespeople, the selling mortgages were calling me, all they were doing is regurgitating that process and how great it was. And I said, do you really think that they care that much about that? Does a real estate agent care that much about that? They don't even know you. They don't know whether they can trust you. And more importantly, it's about them, not you and not your company. It's about them. So you're focusing everything on the company of what you know our company does But nobody really cares until they know they can trust you. And more importantly, they want to know that you're listening to them. And so until you know what their needs are, then you can't really serve them. Because, And I got caught one time. So it was about the same time frame. And, you know, I was doing a really good job of this, but I totally just botched a conversation. So six months in, I'm like, I'm flying high you know, I'm getting this reputation of closing loans fast, doing a great job. A real estate agent calls me, never spoke to her. And she says, I heard you close loans fast. I'm like, yeah, dude, what's up? I'm all happy. I'm like, okay, this is a lay down. I'm going to get me some business. And I said, yeah, dude, absolutely. And I go through this whole process of what we do, you know, how quick we go all this. And I'm just like ready for like, okay, let's start doing business. And she said, And this just stumped me at the time. She says, oh, I don't know if I want to close that fast. (laughs) That's unexpected, right? (laughs) Right. It was unexpected. It was like, whoa, whoa. So it threw me totally off. You know, and then I'm like trying to like get my footing. And I was, why is that? And she said, well, I just feel like, there would be too many errors, and people would feel rushed, and people would, you know, there there would be errors at the closing table, all this other stuff that that it would just be be really choppy, you know, wouldn't would be a smooth process. And I never got any deals from her, so all I had to do in that in that conversation was say there are a couple things I could have said, right? Was I'll just I'll call her Pam. Her name was not Pam, but call her Pam. Pam. We can, we have the ability to close fast, but what does fast mean for you? Oh, well, 30 days, if we can do it in 30 days or less, I'm good. Okay, so if we can close in 30 days or less, that's a good thing for you. If we can close on, you know, before the time, great. Is there anything else that's important to you? Yeah, I like to have the docs there three days beforehand. Okay, so if we can close in 30 days or less, on the contract date, but have your docs there in three days beforehand and everybody feels like it's smooth. That's the most important thing to you. Have you had issues and go into our pain? Have you had issues with this not being the case with their lenders? Absolutely. had this. Okay. That was a, maybe a little problem for you. And of course, I always like the little problem because I like them to say, you know, it's a big problem. And they're like, no, it's been a big problem. I had this, 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 right? Went into pain, went into why she, what she wants. And guess what? we would have done deals together. It was, it was a very easy conversation, but I just assumed everything. And then I started going into that, what we could do instead of what is most important to you, just because she said, can you close fast? Doesn't necessarily mean that was the most important thing to her. That could have been because once I started saying, Hey, I can close it in two weeks and and all this other stuff. And I'm just like, she felt overwhelmed. I feel that it was just going to be, we're going to be down everybody's throat trying to like close this thing before it was almost ready. And the borrower is just going to feel like, you know, suffocated.
1: I think it's interesting how you talk about, you know, I mean, like right away, even in the beginning of the conversation, you're talking about adding value, right? Success by serving, I think, is how you said it. And I think even by losing this sale and maybe numerous after that with that person, but, you know, I think though that that's probably led to so much more growth in you that you've probably closed more, you know, since then. And it's hard not to focus on that, on that, oh man, you know, wish I'd have gotten that sale, but you've probably done more sales or closed more sales because of what you've learned from that. I wanted to ask you though, like, you know a couple of things there. you mentioned it's not about you it's about them you know and and you said no one cares until they know they can trust you and until you know what their needs are you can't serve them it's many great points there could you elaborate a little on how you serve anything else you had some great questions ask them what's important to them ask them what issues they've had in the past that's some great points anything else that would help us to better have just a servant mindset going into that conversation and being able to serve better
0: Yeah, you're absolutely right. You hit the nail on the head with the, there was many more sales done because of that conversation, because it was just so, the illustrated point was right there. Most loan officers, most people would have just said, she's stupid. She calls me and she can't close. This is, no, 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 no. And we reflect, well, what can I have done better, right? And I think that's, when you come back to service and, and trust, it is about, having not leaning forward, but right in the middle, like what can we do? Ask those questions without trying to lead them to where you want them to go. Being very detached from the sale. If I called you, Whitney, to do business with you, I'm very detached from you. You send me business. That's just and I think that it starts there because I have to identify first whether I can serve you at, you know, because I can't serve everybody the way they want to be served, nor do we have are we a fit? You know, I've fired real estate agents before. I'm like, mm, not a fit. I mean, you're just, because you're, you're cutting off communication with borrowers, all this other stuff. So I think it starts with being very detached from the sale. 100% is where it has to start because if you lean forward and you're trying to just get that sale, you're trying to close instead of opening up conversations then you're not going to have the really the ability to serve or know where the service should come from because everybody has a different, you know, something different they need. I mean, most of it's similar, but there's a little nuances to that of what people need. So I think that's the biggest thing. One thing I'll say is that people, they, there's this old thing that says, who they you know, like, and trust. They don't necessarily have to like you or love you. You don't have to love you because I don't have to love or like so much who I do business with. I have to trust is the number one key trust that they can get me where I need to go. I need to get to the closing table on time to serve the clients like they need to, et cetera. So I think that's, that's one thing that people need to really put on a lot of more of the back burner because you can build relationships out of trust It's cool if you want to like people, but people go way to the like a little bit too much because Whitney, you can like me, but you may not trust that I can do the good job. There are so many loan officers that are buddies with the real estate agent and I'm getting deals from them and they're hanging out with them because they don't really trust that they're the one that can get them the service that they need. So it's more about trust than anything. It's like kind of like, a man getting in a friend zone, right? A little bit, getting in a friend zone with a woman, right? It's cool. I'm not saying you can't be friends with people, but the trust is the number one key. They have to know that yeah. you can deliver the salt that they need.
1: Bedford's Cost Segregation specializes in generating significant tax savings via their engineering-based studies for commercial real estate clients nationwide. Founded in 2002, Bedford is one of the largest independently owned cost segregation providers in the country with over 14,000 studies completed to date in multiple offices throughout. The most important decision ownership can make when incorporating cost segregation within their real estate portfolio is selecting the right provider. With only 43 certified cost segregation professionals nationwide, Bedford is proud to employ eight of them and takes the quality of their people as seriously as their studies. Every certified cost segregation professional has passed a rigorous test combining knowledge of technical engineering issues, legal tax issues, ethics standards, and requires a strict level of prior work experience to be eligible bottom line, not all cost segregation providers are created equal. So be sure to take the decision seriously from the beginning to protect yourself for years to come. Please contact Bedford's Business Development Director, Frank Judici, to learn more. How do you, I guess, express that, hey, I can get you that result in a manner or enough that they know they can trust you in that, even though you may not be the one they're playing golf with on the way. They may be playing golf on the weekend with your competitor, right? But they're actually doing business with you. How do you gain that kind of trust?
0: Again, it's open dialogue and I don't tell them anything. One question I love to ask people is we're talking, we're having these conversations and I have a book over here that I put together for, you know, it's called Power4. It's got the sales dialogue. And one of those things in there is when you're just asking those good questions is that the presentation is very small. So a lot of people go into presentation, but I'm going to see what's important to you. I'm going to have a small little, i like to go into some story too, because stories are very powerful. That's going to resonate with people. They're going to remember that. But at the end, when I'm moving towards that, I call it the commitment question is, Whitney, do you feel like there's any you know, benefit to using me? And when they say, hey, I, yeah, I like your communication. I like this. Okay, what's a, why is that so important to you? When they start telling you that, they're telling themselves that. I don't tell them anything. They'll tell themselves that, why that's important to them, why they want to use me, why they think it's important. That's the biggest key. When they tell themselves That's when you really move the needle.
1: Nice. No, that's interesting to think about what you're hearing. I mean, they're telling themselves that. You know, Adam, looking back, you know, knowing your success in that first three to six months and even up till now, anything you would have done differently. And of course, in our business, you know, our audience that most are trying to speak to our investors, right? That's that list we're trying to gain, like you were talking about earlier and trying to, you know, gain that level of trust. It's so important, right? And I can see that exactly in us to what you're saying. Like they may not like me, but hey, if I can perform and they can trust that I can, you know, grow their returns, you know, the way they expect or, or better than that's what they care about. You know, they trust in that process, but anything you would have done differently, you know, looking back, knowing what you know now.
0: Yeah. I mean, I would have definitely worked my database more the first couple of years. I really just, my past clients, I didn't call them. I naturally was in front of them, some on some of them because, you know, be on my Facebook, we'd have some conversations, but there were so many left out. And especially we talk about the like, I just talked about the trust and like the ones that really I resonate with. I was in front of, we're really like, we became kind of, you know, buddies or, you know, just, you know, friends, you know, we're friends on Facebook. Those are the ones that I was in front of, but I was not in front of the other ones that, that did trust me because we did a good job, but I didn't, I didn't do a good enough job of, of staying in front of them. I would have stayed in front of them more. And I'm not talking about CRMs because CRMs are, I'm not saying they're, they're, they're important, but they're mostly lame too. Okay. Like it's, you know, you, are not going to get a ton out of that, you know, of, you know, that you, you won't get as much, let's just say that out of out of that, as you will, calling them out of direct mailing them, having good conversations with them, putting them in a Facebook group, doing something that's going to stay in front of them. And I didn't do a good enough job of that. That's number one, for sure that I didn't do that. I'm, you know, now, do a way better job. And of course, that's something that's really good for real estate agents. When I'm telling them, Hey, after we close, I'm going to stay in front of them. You know, we'll get deals back from this and we're asking for business. So that's the number one thing I would have added team earlier. I would add, start adding team members earlier for sure. And you know, then now I have a team that does most of the stuff and I barely do anything. I don't want to do. The number one thing I did in my business was I hired a problem solver that she solves the problems. I don't argue with the underwriter. I'm not going to go back and forth with the underwriter. I coached her up and she handles the problem. So uh, what I would say out there is figure out what you don't want to do, hire for it, what you do want to do. If it coincides with making money and you're the only one that can do it, that's what you do. And just keep trying to dive into that and then hire for the rest.
1: What's your biggest challenge right now in growing or scaling even bigger?
0: Well, you know, that's what I'm doing. Going into, like I said, a new state and, Starting over. I mean, literally don't have anybody I know here. So the challenge is for me right now is a lot of mental because I have this big book of business in Kentucky and I continue to get that rolling and I'm still doing good. And the inner voice says, Oh, you're cool. You just got seven people apply for a mortgage today in Kentucky. It's like, No. You got to grow into Georgia and stay on there. Cause the first go around, I didn't have any ships. You know, all my ships were like, (laughs) they talk about, you know, burn the ships, right? I didn't have ships. Now I got all these, I got got all these ships. So I got to have to try to burn those ships and put myself in a mindset that, Hey, I have to grow this business no matter what, which is why I put it on my podcast as well to try to hone me into not doing.
1: Yeah. It's, it's interesting how you're like putting yourself in a different place or i mean even moving to really stretch yourself right i mean you're going to stretch your mindset you're going to stretch your processes you're going to stretch your systems and your team all those things and you're all going to grow no doubt and be better because of it and then potentially even you know it won't be as difficult to go into other states then after that right so what about any daily habits that you have adam that you are disciplined about that have helped you achieve success
0: yeah, I mean, you know, my, I go back to my power four, which is energy prospecting, marketing relationships. And so the number one thing is energy. I'm always like, where could, do I get my energy from today? If you do not have energy, you're not, you don't have sales energy, you don't have ge- energy in general, then you're just not going to succeed like you need to. So that I always look at where am I getting my energy? It could be, I'm not talking about from Red Bulls or anything, I'm talking about from sustainable energy is my, so if if I'm waning on something, is my why, is my vision aligning? Do I need to work on that today? So that's what I really always look for is like, where's my energy? If my energy level is down in some way, is it physical, just physical energy? Did I not, you know, sleep, did I not do this? What did I do? Do I need to meditate? That is the number one key for me. And I think for really anybody to set up, you know, set up their day, but you know, my keys are, just I'm doing something on all four of those facets every single day and having focused time. I say this, it's not a work-life balance problem have, you have. It's a focused life balance problem you have. So mm-hmm. you don't have to have a ton of time. You know, like I've coached, you know, loan officers that are actually really growing, trying to push back their hours doing a condensed time. But I've asked this question to different Loan officers, hey, listen, if you could only have one hour with your spouse a night for the rest of your life, could it be a better relationship than you have right now? And the answer is always yes. And why is that? Because you're super focused on what you do, the planning behind it. So it's not the hours. When it says like the rock is the hardest work in the room, it doesn't say the longest worker in the room. It says the hardest worker in the room. It means you're focused when you need to be focused, what you need to be focused on, and not being stuck and not moving forward in actionable steps and just waiting on. So that's what I got.
1: Now, that's great advice right there. Everyone has the same amount of time every day, right? Most will say, oh, I'm too busy or I can't get those things done because I'm so busy over here. Well... Yeah, what are those things you're focused on? Is that the highest producing tasks? I love how one of the things you said too, you would have started adding on team members earlier on also. And I think that's so wise. I'm always talking about at least finding a virtual assistant, somebody that can help take some of those tasks off your plate so you can focus on those higher dollar items with that focus time, right? But you know, what about how do you like to give back?
0: I like to give back. I mean, for me I love to, you know, one of my ways of giving back is is the coaching. You know, and I've coached people for free before. I mean, I obviously make money coaching as well. But, you know, I've definitely given that out. I'm always, you know, for mentorship, if somebody just has a question, they need help. I'm always pretty available to have that conversation without going, Oh, Hey, you have to sign up for my coaching to answer a couple of questions. My way of giving back is the podcast. My way of giving back is having those conversations with people. If they, they reach out to me without trying to sign them up for anything for me, if somebody really wants to grow then I want to help them. I had a loan officer come and drive like four hours one time to come see me. He's like, Hey, can I, can I just pick your brain? He's like, absolutely. That meant a lot because for him to be able to, him to do that. And so, yeah, we, we sat down for probably an hour and a half and I just gave it abundantly. And, and I had, that was good because most people won't do that. Most people won't just put themselves out there or even ask that. And for me, that's if, Someone's out there, they want help, you know, I'll try to help
1: them. That's awesome. Adam, I'm grateful to have met you and have you on the show. I think there's so many great tips that you've left us with today and added a ton of value to the listeners and myself. But just thinking through, you know, how you scaled so fast and really having the servant uh, mindset and gaining that level of trust, like you talked about, even how you're, you know, you wish you'd have scaled your team faster and you you know, even hiring somebody that's your problem solver uh, right now, thinking through where our focus is. I mean, if we can just do a few of those things, we're going to move faster, right, in the right direction. And so, uh, grateful to have met you. Tell the listeners how they can get in touch with you and learn more about you.
0: Adam Hires H I R E S. You can look me up on most social media platforms: LinkedIn, Facebook, Instagram. I've got mortgage talks on iTunes, Spotify. That if you're not a mortgage loan officer, you're a real estate agent, you're a financial advisor, you're you know you run a small team, any of those kind of things you know, you can apply that to your business. There's some great entrepreneurs that are on there. It's not just mortgage loan officers that are actually on my show. Actually, there's more non-mortgage loan officers on my show because I like different perspectives. So yeah, I mean, check it out. Hope everybody likes it when they come across it. Thank you for listening to The Real Estate Syndication Show, brought to you by LifeBridge Capital.